Hello, Believers, and welcome to episode 20 of Branding for Believers. I'm Dr. Shantae Bishop, and I am the host of Branding for Believers, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. So this is an exciting episode for me because it is the 20th and it just seems to have come so quickly. It seems like we just kind of started down this road and, you know, it's been about four months since uh, Branding for Believers was launched and... 20 episodes, we're closing in on 16,000 downloads, and I just have to take a moment to just thank you, thank you, thank you so much for believing bigger with me, for listening faithfully, for sharing it, for tagging people on social media. I just cannot thank you enough for what you have done for this brand and for this podcast, and it just inspires me and encourages me to just grow even farther with the podcast and all of the support systems that surround it. So just a lot of of great things coming down the line in the future. That said, I wanted to dedicate the entire month of September. This episode is going to kick off our Belief in Action series. I am a firm believer that faith without works is dead and it's not enough to be motivated. You have to put the wheels in motion and actually execute. You have to to implement um, your vision. And so what I want to spend the next five weeks doing, the next five Wednesdays, is giving you some nitty gritty nuts and bolts Uh, clarity for your brand, for your business, um, engaging your audience and growing that market, all of those tangible things. And so if you don't have a pen or pencil, I would suggest that you grab one. If you're listening in the car, don't do that. (laughs) Fortunately, this is on demand. You can listen to it at any time. But this is definitely one where you want to take some some good notes. And so we're going to kick off our belief in action series with branding, marketing, and business. And so there is a lot of of confusion about branding and marketing. Some people use those terms interchangeably. And so we're going to clarify how the system of branding, marketing, and your business all work together. So we're going to clarify some of those differences. And we're also going to clarify what you actually do, meaning what is it that you actually do for your client, for your customer, for the people that you want to serve? Because one of the biggest, biggest reasons that businesses fail, small businesses fail, is because they have not clearly articulated the value of what they're really offering to their client. And so we want to make sure that we get some brand clarity today. Another thing that we are going to look at are some specific marketing strategies that you can execute in your business right now. So let's get that party started. So branding versus marketing. I want you guys to think of your brand as a noun and marketing as a verb. So think of the brand as a noun and marketing as a verb. So your brand is what you are known for. It's your reputation. It is what you present to others. That is your brand. It's almost kind of like, you know, your your defining characteristic, so to speak, um, with regard to your business. And believe it or not, 
you already have one, whether you have a business um, that you are are currently running or whether you are thinking about starting a business, you already have a personal brand, meaning you already have a defining characteristic. You have already put who you are out on display, whether that's at work, whether that's with your family, um, out in other social settings, you already have a personal brand. And so your personal brand, you might be someone that somebody sees as stylish. You know, every time people see you, every time you walk into a room, you know, you are well put together. You might have a personal brand as someone who is chronically late. (laughs) You know, you might be that person where everybody knows if you say you're going to be there in 10 minutes, what you really mean is you're going to be there in 45. That is a brand, you know, that you have put out there. Um, That's how people know you. Um, You might have a brand as someone who is artistic or creative. You know, I have a lot of clients and followers who are graphic artists or designers in some way, um, photography. So you might have a brand as someone who is artistic or creative. You might have a brand as someone who is an excellent chef or cook. You know, you might have a brand as someone who makes excellent food. And by the same token, you might have a brand as somebody who does not. You know, when Thanksgiving comes around, they don't want you to bring a plate. They want you to get like the cups and like bring some ice and some pop or something like that because your dish is going to sit there. Everybody knows if you bring in it, mm -mm, it's not going to get eaten. So they relegate you to that sort of task. Um, Your personal brand might be someone who demonstrates strategy and leadership, uh, someone who is a go-getter, a mover and a shaker, you know, a change agent and an influencer. And so even though you may not be intentional about it, your brand is already established. Your reputation, how people see you is already out there. But what we're trying to do with regard to our business is to make that an intentional process to intentionally show up in the world in order to produce a certain outcome. So that outcome might be Um, readers for your book that might be more clients for your business that might be being able to pack an auditorium for people that come to hear what you have to say if you're a speaker and so what we're doing in the belief in action series is getting really intentional about what that brand is and how we want people to perceive us how we want people to connect and engage with us based on what we have intentionally put out for display So let's talk about brand clarity. Brand clarity, there is a huge rookie mistake that I want to address. And that is the way that we introduce ourselves um, with our bios, the way that we introduce ourselves on social media. So sometimes I will go to look at somebody's social media profile and it'll say something like this. Hey, I'm Jane Smith, TV host, blogger, style maven, avid chef, author, and karate black belt. Okay, Jane Smith. The issue with that is the fact that you are basically saying, I'm a jack of all trades. I can do this and I can do that. And the reason why I'm saying I can do this and and do that is because I don't want to leave any stone unturned. If there's any opportunity for money or connection or position or leveraging, I want to make sure that I put it all out there so that, you know, I can catch more people in my net. No, 
this is a huge no-no this is a rookie mistake and if you are doing this then it explains why crickets are kind of chirping and you're not getting traction for what you really want to be doing because when you introduce yourself as everything then you really haven't introduced yourself as anything and so you want to take a look at your social media profile take a look at your bio and see how many commas of I'm this I'm that I'm the other and I do this too and oh by the way I have this going on as well you need to look at that and you need to focus you need to follow one course until successful you need to focus on what it is that you really want to do and people struggle with that I get so much pushback I get so many but see um I don't want to pigeonhole myself I don't want to just be one thing however um you are not going to make equal amounts of money at everything okay so even if you could do all of those things there is one thing that you do exceptionally well there's one thing that that you have a bigger that will attract a bigger market there will be one thing that you know um is more profitable for you than the other things. And so you need to focus on one thing and and kind of solidify what that is going to be. And one way that you can do that is by asking yourself, what is the big problem that you solve for people? In other words, if you can think of your ideal client, the person that would buy from you, and they're up at night, you know, kind of scrolling through the internet and they are looking for you. The question is, why are they looking for you? What is it that they need from you that you are uniquely qualified to provide? And so what is the big problem that you are solving for people in your business? What is the the thing that that helps you move them closer to their dreams? Or what is the thing that, you know, helps them alleviate overwhelm? What is the big problem that you solve for the people that you want to serve. So what do you help them do? What obstacles do you help them overcome? And one of the ways to get at this, to get that sort of clarity in your brand is a method called the why method. So I am a big, huge proponent of Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. Um, And I will make sure I have a link to that in the show notes. But Start With Why really gets at this notion that people don't buy your what, they buy your why. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later in this episode. But the the five why method is basically to ask yourself the question why like five times so that you can really drill down and get extremely specific about what it is that you offer to your clients to your client base and so I'm going to use an example of a client of mine I'm very proud of her her name is Kristen Harris and she owns a business called Possessed Plus and she just opened up a brick and mortar you know location in Chicago but if somebody were to ask her you know well what do you do? Well, she could say, I customize sweets for special occasions. So things like pretzels and cookies and chocolate covered strawberries, that sort of thing. And so the question is, why? Why do you do that? Why do you customize sweets for special occasions? Well, I customize sweets to elevate the quality of special events. Why do people need to elevate their events? to make them more memorable. 
why do people need to have memorable events? Well, it brings families closer when they know that you've gone out of your way to make their day or their event special. It also helps businesses attract customers by providing memorable experiences. Why do businesses need to attract more customers? So they can make more money. Aha. So essentially what Kristen really does is even though, you know, her answer is customized suites for special occasions, what she really does is she helps businesses attract more customers by creating memorable experiences for their events. Or she could say, I help draw families closer by giving your your loved one that special touch for for their special day, you know, and memories that will last a lifetime. So you see how that works? You know, I think a lot of times we kind of go for the, the low hanging fruit. Oh, I make clothes or I design this or I'm a graphic designer. And we kind of like slot these titles in. But titles are not meaningful. The why that you do that, the, the why in terms of, of how you connect what you do with a need for your client is where the real money is. So in terms of solving problems for your client, human behavioral studies have shown that people tend to care about four major areas, either making more money, saving more money, avoiding criminal prosecution. So think about people who Um, prepare taxes or people who help you get out of tax trouble, that sort of thing. That's because those people are concerned about avoiding criminal prosecution or living a better life. So let me repeat that. Most people tend to care about one of four areas, making more money, saving more money, avoiding criminal prosecution or living a better life. So the challenge for you is being able to articulate your why and connecting it to one of those four areas. And living a better life, that's the one where people really tend to struggle. So you are really going to have to really drill down and find out what's really important to your client, what is really important to the market that you want to serve. Because if convenience is really important to them, then that is an example of living a better life, but you need to be able to sell them on convenience when you're talking about what you do. So brand clarity is very important for making money and and having sustainable revenue and referrals and all those types of things that you know we desire for our business but it really comes down to problem solving in other words you need to be able to articulate why your audience needs you and if you can connect it to one of those areas either making more money uh, saving money avoiding criminal prosecution or living a better life um, in clear terms that, that that really connects with their daily life and what they want for their lives, then you are well on your way to achieving brand clarity. So let's segue a little bit and talk about marketing. Marketing is a different animal, okay? Branding is, as I said, your brand, think of it as the noun, you know, the reputation. Marketing, on the other hand, refers to the activities that create awareness about your brand. So marketing is not sales. Marketing is not branding. Marketing refers to the activities that create awareness about your brand. So what does marketing do? It creates awareness. In other words, how are people going to know that this is what I do? How are people going to know that this is who I am, that that I'm showing up in this space as this type of expert or with this type of skill set. How are people going to know that? Marketing. Marketing essentially creates awareness. It doesn't guarantee you sales. <laughs> it doesn't guarantee you um, leads. But what it does is it lets people know that this is who you are. 
So let's look at some specific strategies that people use to create that kind of awareness. Um, I have known clients, entrepreneurs that when they're just getting started, they will provide either free or discounted service in exchange for testimonials. And so if you provide kind of like a one-to-one service, so like a personal trainer or a health coach, um, sometimes it's it's advantageous for you to offer your services to five people just so that you can get some traction with them, get some results, and then in exchange for your services, you know, use that as testimonials. I do want to, however, caution you, like let's pump the brakes for a minute because if you go that route, you need to exercise some limits, some boundaries, and you also need to do that within reason. Because to be quite frank, people will pimp you if you allow them to pimp you. You know, people will exploit that opportunity. So you need to be very clear about what are the the boundaries, what are the time limits, what is the scope of what you're going to provide, and also give them some clarification about, you know, when that testimonial needs to come in. I I am a firm believer, get it in writing. Okay, so if somebody agrees, yeah, I'll take your free services, you make sure that you get in writing that they're also going to be providing a testimonial and give them a time frame, you know, set up some deadlines and some parameters. But saying all that to say that once you have some testimonials, particularly if you target people that have a lot of influence or target people that have a lot of awareness. So for example, you know, a lot of celebrities, if they've lost significant weight or, you know, had a a significant bodily transformation, then they say, oh, here's my trainer, such and such. Well, that's advantageous to the trainer because since that their client, their celebrity client has such a large following, now it gives them a ton of brand awareness because of the results that they achieved with that celebrity. So you also want to be very strategic about who you offer your free or discounted services to in exchange for testimonials. Try to make sure that you do it with someone who has influence or a connection to the population that you want to serve. Another strategy that you can consider is providing indirect value. And so these are things like, you know, if you are an, an inspirational or motivational speaker or coach or something along those lines, then you might be able to do things like post daily quotes or memes or tips on your social media, or you can blog, you know, blogging is indirect value, meaning you're giving people useful, helpful information for free. And what it does is it creates awareness that this is your platform, that this is the theme of information that you are providing. And so quotes, memes, tips, checklists, downloads, blogging, all of that is part of providing indirect value, meaning that you are not necessarily providing your service or you're not necessarily giving your product, but you are providing tips or valuable information that is related to what you do or what you sell. So for example, there are a lot of like natural hair companies that have social media platforms. And so even though they are selling a product, what quite a few of them do is they post like little 15 second videos about how to achieve a certain look, or they give a list of tips, you know, or formula for achieving a certain goal or texture, you know, for hair. And so they're providing indirect value that is connected to their primary product or service. And by providing that indirect value, then people begin to share it. People begin to tag other people and say, hey, did you look at this? If you 
are trying to get clear skin, you know, when you see something on social media that says you need to eat these foods to get clear skin, well, then you start tagging people and creating awareness because of the value of that information. So providing indirect value is an excellent way to get the word out there about what you do and what your brand is about. And we will go into depth. We are going to take a deep dive in part four of the Belief in Action series, all about social media strategies, because the landscape changes all the time. And so we're going to talk about some of the ways that you can really leverage social media as a free tool to not only generate awareness, brand awareness, but also to generate actual money. Another marketing strategy is events. So how are people going to know that this is who you are and that this is what you do? Events is one way to do that. So you might go to an event as a panelist or you might go to an expo as a vendor. You might provide a demo. So maybe like a cooking demo or a demonstration of your product within a at a certain event. Um, you might be hosting an event or you might partner with a fellow entrepreneur or partner with a bigger company. But events are also excellent ways to create awareness about your brand. And I really want to emphasize marketing does not guarantee sales. All marketing does is let people know what you do. And so if you're a panelist at an event, that doesn't guarantee you any money. But what it does guarantee is that everybody in that room is going to be clear on what your platform is. If you are a vendor at an expo, it doesn't guarantee you sales. But what it does guarantee is that everyone within that space that comes by your booth or comes by your table will be aware that you exist and that you offer this product or service. So that is the marketing piece. And last, but certainly not least, business. So your business is like the actual product or service that you use to solve the problem. So remember earlier in this podcast, I asked you, what problem do you solve? What's the big problem that you solve for the client or the audience that you want to serve? And the way that you solve that problem, that is the business. That is the product that you're using to solve the problem or the service that you are providing to solve the problem. This is your actual money generator because your brand in and of itself does not generate money or revenue. Marketing does not generate money or revenue. The business, okay, the actual product, what you sell, what you exchange, the value exchange that occurs. So money for product or money for service, that is the money generator. And I will tell you from experience, it is hard to have a successful business without a successful brand. It's not impossible. But it is challenging. I mean, because people can say, oh, back in the 50s and 60s, you know, they didn't have to do all of that. No, they didn't. But this is not the 50s and the 60s. And consumers are a lot more savvy and they have a lot more options. And so you need to think about what are the products and services that you offer or provide that differentiate you from other businesses with similar offerings? Because if you are a cake decorator, you're not the only cake decorator in town. If you are a photographer, you are not the only photographer in town. If you are a, a graphic designer, you're not the only graphic designer in town. So the question is, how do I differentiate myself and what I offer from other people that offer similar things? And the answer to that is, your brand. Your brand is the differentiator. So if you are not clear on what your brand is and you haven't offered clarity on how your brand solves problems for your audience, then you are going to struggle in your business. So I want to repeat that. How do you differentiate? 
what you offer from other businesses and your competition that offers similar things because you are not the only person doing what you're doing. So what is the differentiator? If it's not product or service, then it is the brand. The brand is the differentiator, the way that you engage your audience, the way that you show up for your audience, the way that you provide value for your audience, that becomes the differentiator and whether or not your business is successful. So that is it for the first part of the Belief in Action series. I hope that this was valuable for you. I hope that the breakdown was helpful for you. In our next episode, we are going to be talking all about audience because no matter what your brand or your business is, if you do not have audience, you are going to struggle, okay? And we are gonna be talking specifically about four different audience segments. And so one of the reasons why we do struggle is because we try to treat all of our audience members like they're the same. We try to treat all of our followers like they're the same person and they're not. There are actually different segments and you need to have a communication plan for each one of those segments and we will get get deep into that in our next episode. So please, if you have found value in this and you haven't already, I encourage you to leave a review on iTunes um, because it helps spread the word about the podcast. I know that leaving reviews, you know, it takes some time out of your already busy schedule. But if you want to help me keep believing bigger and encouraging others to believe bigger, please do head to iTunes on your iPhone or iPad and leave a review. And as always, you can share your takeaways on social media. I will see you guys on our next episode. Make sure you tune in for part two of the Belief in Action series. Bye-bye.